Hi, this is Paul Puckett. Welcome to Getting There. If this is your first time listening to Getting There, it's the money show that focuses on your life. And so on today's show, we're going to combine a money topic with a life topic. And we're going to play actually quite a bit of music today to illustrate the points. Part of the purpose, at least personally, I have on the show as a, as a former, well not former, as a music major, um, is, to, is to provide some music that maybe you've heard and maybe you haven't. And suggest to you that when you hear an artist you like on the show, that you buy their music. One of the best values when you spend is on things that give you pleasure, that give you um, memories, that give you experiences. And music sometimes can do all of that without you ever leaving your house. So um, I love music. Hope you do. And today's show, we're going to talk about pressure. Do you ever feel pressure? Um, and and it, is pressure just an investment thing? Is it just a life thing or is it both? Well, I think it's both. And so we're going to cover how to handle pressure, both from an investment standpoint and a life standpoint. Might as well kick off the show with the obvious choice. Yeah. 
One of the most flexible and amazing and successful artists of all time, Billy Joel, and that was his song, obviously, Pressure. Pressure, you know, sometimes results in a great feeling when you somehow beat it. You suddenly find a way to not feel it anymore. And by accomplishing that, pressure can be a good thing. It can get us to do things that we might not otherwise do, which are good sometimes. But pressure can also cause us problems and stress, and most research uh, in the medical field indicates that too much stress, too much pressure can actually shorten our lives. Now, one of the things you hear me repeat regularly on the show, because it's a big part of the reason why I do the show, is to remind you, regardless of what your net worth is, no matter how big, no matter how small, the most valuable asset you have The single most valuable asset you have is your life, your time, if you will, partially because you don't know how much you have. And so any pressure that doesn't at least have a great benefit um, is not good. Well, let's, okay, you may be wondering, gee, Paul, um, pressure, I'm sort of trying to walk my way through how that might be a good thing. Well, I'll give you a personal example. Um, A lot of members of my family, it's in the gene tree, had diabetes type 2. Some of them passed away due to complications of diabetes type 2. Well, finding out a few years ago that I not only had the gene but had triggered it because type 2 is controllable with diet and exercise, you know, was not a happy day. On the other hand, that put the pressure on me to get out, lose weight, get some inches off the waistline, get in better cardiovascular condition, and get down to a weight where blood sugar was no longer an issue, all without glucophage insulin. For those of you who may be facing type 2 diabetes or have it, 
You might want to get the book, The End of Diabetes by Dr. Joel Furman, F-U-H-R-M-A-N. Huge study, uh, not nationwide, worldwide, of the effect that a specific diet could have on reversing high blood sugar, reversing type 2 diabetes. Now, at the time, I said I beat diabetes. Well, if you've got the gene and you've ever triggered the gene, you don't beat diabetes. You fight a series of wars um, or a series of battles, but the war will never end. You have it and you have to monitor yourself and you have to be diligent in how you handle it. And so there's an example of the pressure of finding out that your body has developed a condition made me get up. I look better. I feel better. Yeah, okay. So I sacrifice a drink here and there. Um, and by the way, you, don't, you can't drink on the diet, just as a side note. Um, you know, not even a glass of wine with dinner on the part where you're reversing it. You can go back to a little bit of that later. But when you're reversing these issues, you have to be very diligent in what you do from a diet standpoint. Just one example of pressure when it comes to your life and how it can turn out to be a good thing. We're going to play a song that was uh, released a couple of decades, I believe, before the Billy Joel song. You will know the group, but you may have forgotten they also did a song on pressure. And after we play that, we're going to talk about pressure that might be on you if you're either a retired investor or about to retire. What is this book I wrote? What is this strategy? What is this thing called Retirement Income Lock? What's its purpose? And would it help you reduce some of the pressure you have on your life? Here's Queen, Under Pressure. Yeah. 
And that was Under Pressure by Queen. You know, the very end of that song, that ticking, I didn't look it up to see what their intention was, but it sounds to me like a metronome or the ticking of a clock. And I don't know about you, but that ticking, I think it was a very good choice for the song, that ticking can make you feel some pressure. It's like a counter, a, a reminder that time is always passing. Okay, so... For those of you who are retired or in the process of planning for retirement, the past decade has not been an easy one. And really, we can go back almost two decades. Um, the millennia opened um, actually just before the millennium in 1999. We had a pretty big stock market and economic recession. And that can be very discouraging when you lose a substantial portion of your portfolio. And then to compound matters, we did it again, less than a decade later, 2007, through early to mid-2009. Well, you can avoid that, of course, by not investing in the market, but then you lose spending power. You lose the ability to beat inflation. And you're probably going to be around. Here's some good news on today's show. We do like to be upbeat. You're probably going to be around for a long time. Medical technology has improved. Our knowledge of health has improved so we can self-manage some things which result in us having much longer lifespans. Keep in mind, when Social Security was originally set up, they didn't expect to pay 95% or more of the people who contributed. Why? Well, because Social Security became available at age 65 and most people, seriously, Back in 1933, uh, most people didn't make it to 65. Well, now 100 is not that unusual. And so we have to plan for 20, 30, maybe 40 years of retirement. 
And during retirement, of course, we have Social Security. You're not going to hear me saying it's going to go away because I don't think the politicians will ever have the courage to make it go away. But you can bet, given the rising cost of Social Security in the federal budget, and that is where it's paid from, by the way, um, you can anticipate there might be changes, particularly if you're not retired yet, where you'll still be getting it, but maybe not as much as you thought. So you've got to be responsible for yourself and for your own portfolio, and you have to plan for a lengthy time period where you need two things in that portfolio. You need growth to offset the impacts, impact of inflation, and you need income, otherwise why have the portfolio, income so that you can continue living the lifestyle that you'd like. Now, that can make you feel some pressure. A second thing that's happened in the markets, interest rates rocketed up until around 1982-83. And, and, and there towards the end, they really went up rapidly. Well, since then, with the exception of three or four years, rates have fallen. So one of the things you'll, you'll see in the um, it's a book, but technically, I mean, it's on Amazon, but technically it's more of a guide. It's intentionally very short. It's intended not to give you pressure or a headache, but instead to offer a solution in the form of a strategy. Retirement Income Lock is not a product. It's an attempt by an investment advisor and an insurance agent, I'm one and the same, to blend what's available from both industries using a traditional method of investing called asset allocation. Well, since I'm saying I'm both an insurance agent and investment advisor, what a perfect time to give you the disclosure. Hi, your host, Paul Puckett, is also an investment advisor representative of Q1 Advisors, a registered investment advisory firm located in Virginia Beach, Virginia, serving clients in Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. I am also... An insurance agent, independent insurance agent located in Florida, serving clients in Florida and Virginia with life insurance products such as, obviously, life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and fixed, not variable, annuities. Everything you hear me say on this show is intended to provide you with something you might want to consider, something you might want to think about, ideas that you might want to talk to your professionals, attorneys, accountants, your current investment professional, life insurance agent, to see maybe if they fit for you. But it's general advice. Nobody in my profession, with any sense, gives specific advice without knowing your specific details. Now, that's not because everybody should invest differently. It's because we don't know, I don't know enough about you to know what you have and how you should use it. But I can give some general thoughts. Okay, with interest rates falling, bonds did phenomenal. Bonds were a great investment over the past 35 years. Why is that? Well, bonds are very simple. If you own a 5% bond, in a 5% market, and we're going to assume, let's just use treasury, so credit quality is not an issue. Well, it's worth par, what you paid for it. Now, if it's a bond mutual fund, 
other than the expenses coming out, it's worth what the bond fund paid for it, right? Interest rates fall. Well, think about that for a minute. The bond is still paying 5%. So if interest rates fall, say, to 3 the buyer of the bond is going to pay a price that results in that 5% bond yielding 3% to them. That means they're going to pay more than par. If par is 100, let's say they have to pay 108 to buy your bond. Well, if you're a bond investor, this is, this is great. Not only were you getting an income, but you decided to take a vacation, buy a new car, you needed to repair your roof, and you chose then to sell your bond fund, and you were up. You got a capital gain plus the income that you had already received on the bond fund. This is, this is awesome. Well, pretty much for everybody listening to the show, during your lifetime, particularly your investment lifetime, all you've seen is what happens when bond interest rates fall. Well, you're about to see them go up. As you know, there was an election, and this is not driving it necessarily. I've been letting people know for four or five years, at some point, interest rates will rise. Well, mortgage rates, which are one of the interest rates out there, and on mortgage bonds, obviously, they apply. Mortgage rates took a pretty significant jump um, as a result of the election. When the markets anticipate growth or see growth, rates go up. Hmm. So what we've been fearing may come. Because here's what it means. It means the riskiest part of your portfolio may not be the stock portion. It may not be the real estate portion. It may not even be the commodities portion if you own commodities. I don't personally recommend them, but plenty of people do. It may very well be the least safe portion of your portfolio is your fixed income, your bonds. So Retirement Income Lock provides a strategy to avoid risk in what should be the low-risk part of your portfolio. We're going to take a brief break, and when we get back, we'll get a little more specific. Hi, this is Paul Puckett. As you may know, I love coffee. My friends would tell you I don't love coffee. It's an obsession, and not just any coffee. Espresso. If you're in the Bradenton area, one of the jewels of Bradenton is Old Main Street, and you'll find a coffee shop, B-Town Coffee, with a great alley and awnings and fans to keep you cool in the summer and in the shade, free Wi-Fi, and quite frankly, the best hot dog in town. Stop by. You'll enjoy B-Town Coffee. Well, okay, so for those of you who are new listeners, I have an obsession with espresso and B-Town is, well, I'll be going there after the show. So the pressure we feel sometimes when we're retired And the pressure we feel when we're planning for retirement is partially driven by concern over whether you can, A, generate enough income, and B, maintain that income over your full life, and C, um, have the income rise from the growth in in the portfolio 
so that in the future, as things cost more, you still maintain your all spending power means you still maintain your spending power. All spending power means is if you have the ability to be happy on what you currently have in income, you want to be able to still do that as prices rise. So you need to have investments in the stock market. That's really the best way to have growth for almost all investors. There are other assets as well, but the stock market is nice and convenient and it tends to grow over time. However, the stock market has the disadvantage of not growing steadily. I'm sure you already know that. So we can't eliminate the risk of investing in the stock market. If we need to be in it, we're going to have to take that risk. But if we do it over a long term, it's not a problem. Over the long term, stocks consistently produce growth. We've had one 10-year time period where the S&P didn't really grow. S&P 500 and the Dow. The rest of rolling 10-year periods, the market either did quite well or did okay. So we still need to be in there. We can't eliminate that risk. So here's the strategy of retirement income lock. Only invest in the market what you need for future growth and what you're comfortable investing that you don't need to tap. You know you don't need to go get the money you put in the stock market for a decade or so. And you know that when you do go, you're just rebalancing and taking all out a little bit. But on the bond side, the fixed income side, we need to look beyond the world of investing to the world of insurance for the products that protect us. Think about it. That's what insurance does. You have homeowner's insurance in case something happens to your house. Car insurance in case, well, it, maybe you won't make the mistake, but accidents happen and sometimes somebody else causes that accident. You want to know you can replace your car. And plus the fact auto insurance is mandatory. Health insurance, well, it protects your net worth from any major health issues so that there's somebody else footing part of that bill to protect you. Obviously, life insurance protects your loved ones. Maybe it pays off your mortgage when something happens to you and the mortgage still exists. So insurance has been around for a very, very, very long time, and its purpose is to protect. Okay, so how do you insure your portfolio and your income? For most of my career, when I heard the word annuity, I said greedy broker. Variable annuities, I do not like. We're not going to go into why on today's show except to say that they can be very expensive. The cost of the product itself and the investing within that product is high and you're limited to what they offer within the product. So I don't like variable annuities. They're, they're not good in my personal and professional opinion. Okay. Does that mean all annuities are bad? No, there's this thing called a fixed annuity. Now, a plain vanilla fixed annuity is similar to a certificate of deposit, except it does not have the protection of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation or the FDIC. It's one of the reasons it pays a slightly higher rate generally than CDs. And indexed annuities have an interest rate based on what the market does. Now, if you've heard anything about these products and if you get any dinner seminar invitations or you look in financial media at all, you've heard probably, unfortunately, the phrase, get the return of the market without the risk. No, that does not happen 
Okay, equity indexed annuities are a fixed income, not a growth asset. However, the only losses you can have in an indexed annuity are the fees you pay for the income rider if they go, if they're higher than whatever interest rate you receive, and your withdrawals, which really isn't a loss because you're taking the money. However, Index annuities have something called a rider, and a rider is just a technical term for an addition to the contract that's still a legal obligation to the insurance company. And they have guaranteed income riders. So let's say you put in 100000 and you're guaranteed a 6% rate of withdrawal. What happens if you live longer than that withdrawal rate? Well, the insurance company continues to send you checks even though your balance is zero. Now, that's not a loss. That's spreading out the withdrawals of your money over a long time period and ensuring that if you outlive the money, you are still getting the check. So retirement income lock is simply combining asset allocation with fixed annuities that have income riders so that we can eliminate most of the risk associated with the fixed income part of your portfolio. Makes sense? I, th I think it does. I think it does. Let's take another brief break. Back to you in just a minute. When you want the best in business coaching, life coaching, or perhaps your organization, business, or company is in need of a dynamic speaker for an upcoming workshop or seminar, contact Louise Hicks for L. Hicks Consulting Services at 1-562-310-1495. From anywhere around the world, that's 1-562-310-1495. For more information about Louise Hicks and her consulting services, Visit her website at www.louisehicks.biz. Again, that's www.louisehicks.biz. Or call 1-562-310-1495. L. Hicks Consulting Services, where professionalism is top priority. So just to wrap up that section of the program, retirement income lock is not a product. It's a strategy. The purpose is to protect your portfolio from the risk of rising interest rates and to provide greater and more guaranteed, not more, and guaranteed income to you in retirement. You to find out more about retirement income lock, you can visit my website, www.ppucket.com. You can order the book on Amazon or if you're in Southwest Florida, you can shoot me an email and say, Paul, I'd like a free copy of the book. Stop by and hand deliver a signed copy. And we can chat about whether it might be appropriate for you. Pressure. Hmm. Well, there's a solution for handling pressure in your portfolio, but wow. How do you say that? I'm just curious. You probably have some coping mechanisms on how you handle stress in your life. 
How's that pressure affect you? How do you relieve pressure? You might do exercise. You might go hang out with friends. Hopefully it's a healthy method of handling pressure instead of an addiction or something of that nature. I want you to be happy, to live a happy life, preferably with minimal pressure and stress. I'll tell you one of the ways I handle pressure. I just take the dog for a walk. Rufus Thomas, a song you probably haven't heard, clearly titled Walk the Dog. Now, there's a website I use to provide you some education about the songs I play that you may not know. So, Rufus Thomas was a Mississippi soul singer who recorded a lot of popular songs about dancing, including this particular song. People used to love to dance to it. Um, Incidentally, he also wrote The Funky Chicken and Do the Penguin. He recorded with Stax, S-T-A-X, records, and as uh, the father of Carla Thomas, who became a successful R&B singer. Now, it's, it's really funny. This song has been covered by The Who, Aerosmith, The Rolling Stones had it on their first album. It, you know, I personally had never heard of Rufus Thomas. I'm glad I did. But incidentally, he also was considered the king of dog songs, having written not just that one, but Can Your Monkey Do the Dog? The Dog. Uh, 
somebody stole my dog. Can't get away from this dog. Stop kicking my dog around. And if I click this extra button, it's probably going to give me even more. Where do I get information like that? Well, when you've got a favorite song or you find a song and you're like, gee, I wonder, I wonder, are there any facts about that song? Go to songfacts.com, www.songfacts.com. So one of the things you can do, one of the things I do to temporarily release a little bit of stress is give your dog a scratch behind the ears and take him for a walk. If you got a cat, spend a little time playing with your cat. Whatever it is that lets you have a brief moment of sanity when you may not feel like sanity is an option. Sanity is always, always, always an option. Now, there are obviously times where we have enough pressure, we need to do more than we might otherwise do to let it out. And there might be times in our lives where we have pressure, we need to do things regularly. I know people that show up at the gym first thing in the morning to get their day started by releasing whatever pressure they had from the previous day and getting their system ready for the new day. So cardio, yoga, right? You've heard of yoga. It's, it's not just for Buddhists anymore or whoever originated yoga. I'll admit, I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure it originated in India. I've done a little bit of yoga. I can tell you it is a great release for stress. Maybe you've tried that too. I find, for me personally, one of the best ways to release stress is for me to get out in nature. Whether it's just sitting on a bench, going fishing, taking a hike, taking a bike ride, getting out in nature for me sort of reconnects me with everything. It gets me away from the things that cause stress. You know, here's a guy you may have heard, a disciple of Chet Atkins with his song about nature.
And that was Tommy Emanuel. Tommy studied with Chet Atkins, and I have heard Tommy Emanuel three or four times. Now, you want to talk about a stress reducer, go to a concert with an artist like Tommy Emanuel. What he can and does do with the guitar is both amazing, fascinating, and definitely stress-reducing. So that was Tommy Emanuel's Song for Nature. Personally, I love getting out of nature, but it occurred to me as I was listening to the song that some of you, well, probably most of you, don't live in Florida. So I just wanted to apologize, given that I did see the Weather Channel, and given that we're, you know, in fall, it's post-Halloween, it may be difficult for some of you to get out in nature over the next few months, unless you really like, for instance, snow and cold weather. Boy, I need a subject change before I get myself in trouble with some of you guys, so let's take a break, shall we? throw in a snippet from one of the clips I have to play uh, to introduce commercials and to get out of the commercial and back to the show because I'd like this show to be a good experience for you. I'd like it to be engineered in such a way where you can relax when you're listening to it. So hopefully my contribution of 55 minutes a week to the internet airwaves is also something that reduces stress. You know, (laughs) It is difficult sometimes not to come off as um, a guru, somebody who is perfect and understands exactly how they should handle stress when instructing listeners on the ways they can reduce their stress. So if I didn't include this, this is a personal disclosure. You know, maybe I know a lot about how to reduce stress because I've experienced it myself. Or I've seen it enough in my clients when it comes to the investment markets to say, hey, maybe there's a better way to do things. Maybe there really is. Now, I'll tell you, getting out and listening to music is also a big stress reducer for me. Then, you know, maybe that's why I include so much music on the show. I've learned a lot about life, about investing, about all sorts of things by listening to music. And one of my favorite musicians to listen to that I've, well, he was around before I was born, did a little song that I think I've heard, maybe, but didn't remember until I was prepping for today's show. Keeping in mind, I tend to pick things at the last minute because I think it gives the show uh, a spontaneity, a connection to what's going on out there. But this song has quite a history to it, and it was picked up by an artist who made it famous, And it's been covered since. It's called Nature Boy. There was a boy, a very 
very strange enchanted boy They say he wandered very far, very far Over land and sea A little shy And sad of eyes But very wise Was he And then one day, a magic day, he passed my way. And while we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me. that was the Nat King Cole with his song Nature Boy you know I identify with that song I think it brings back memories from when I was very very young and heard it played at some point because I thought I don't remember the song now I think I do maybe you had a similar experience okay we've got a few minutes left of the show let's sort of wrap things up and tie this stuff together All of us, at some point, sometimes too many points, experience pressure. Pressure is not necessarily a bad thing when it results in us doing things that make our lives better or our portfolio better. But pressure is something that should be avoided. It has impacts on our health. It causes the stress that also affects our health. It's not fun. I mean, okay, some people say, hey, but Paul, I enjoy pressure. Well, if you can control the pressure to make sure it's the kind you enjoy and it doesn't cause you stress and you just thrive on it, hey, good for you. But, you know, for most of us, we need to take a break occasionally from it. And 
I want you to think about the two areas we covered on the show. First of all, the one you can most easily control. The pressure that you experience can be released. You just need to figure out what's the best for you. It may be, hey, Paul, you know, I'm really happy for you. You're in Florida where you can go out in nature all the time, except there's bugs occasionally. But for the most part, you've always got weather where you can go outside. I'm glad you enjoy that. But me, uh, I'm going to be experiencing blizzard conditions here for a while. And uh, quite frankly, it irritates me you can go for a walk. Or, Paul, I'm thrilled you like it, but nature's not my gig. My gig is whatever it is. The, The whole point is, whenever you find yourself under pressure... Remember the ways that you've gotten through it before. It might be reading a good book. It might be going and hanging out with friends. There's all sorts of different ways we cope to handle pressure. One of which is just deal with it and address whatever that pressure is causing you to do, as I used um, diabetes type 2 as an example. But it's important to give your life the most enjoyable time you can have when you can because you don't know how long you got. It's worth more than any asset you have. Okay, well, speaking of the assets you have, Retirement Income Lock is not a product. It's simply a strategy combining traditional investment management in the form of asset allocation with insurance products to replace what has now become the risky part of your portfolio called bond funds. The percentage you can lose, I don't think I mentioned earlier, I've said it on the show before, rates go up a couple points, and some investors are going to be very surprised in some of the country's largest bond funds to experience double-digit losses. And unlike the stock market, those losses don't come back very quickly. So we're reaching a stage where, no, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you when, but I can tell you In the foreseeable future, interest rates are going to rise. And when they do, those of you who are invested in bond funds will unfortunately experience losses, possibly heavy losses, in the portion of your portfolio that you thought was safe. I encourage you to consider reevaluating your portfolio and eliminating anything that is interest rate sensitive, also known as loses money when interest rates go up. Well, listen, show is coming to a close. I hope you enjoyed the music and the conversation. I look forward to next week's episode of Getting There. Getting There.